you take two women from opposite sides of the pond, add half a cup of Raising Boys, a teaspoon of some real life experience, and a pinch of early morning WhatsApp voice notes. I'm Amanda. And I'm Haley. And welcome to Mac to Mac, a podcast for banterers, shoulder criers, dog whispers, WrestleMania advocates, and belly laugh enthusiasts. Hello, this is episode five of Mac to Mac with me, Haley, and my lovely, lovely friend, Amanda. Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank Happy you. Canadian and American Mother's Day <laughs> to you. Yes, this side of the, the ocean, doesn't matter where you live, we celebrate Mother's Day today. Um, you do. We How's do. it going for you? Have you had a nice relaxing morning so far? I have done actually. Um, Good. I'm not going to lie. I had to rush out early this morning to get my mom something. Um, <gasps> Naughty. I know very, very last minute, but you know what the funny thing is? I was actually at the store two days ago and I <laughs> was doing my grocery shop and I saw all the flowers and I saw all the nice things. And I said, oh, I really, if I just got it now, then I yeah. wouldn't have to worry about it on Sunday. And I hummed and hot about it for like 45 minutes as I did the food shopping. <laughs> and then I did the food shopping, got all the groceries in the cart and then went to the flower section. And I was looking and looking for probably like 15 minutes. And then I just said, mm, fuck it. I'm going home. <laughs> I don't know why. Do you ever do those kinds of things? Yeah, like, you know, you absolutely. should just pick something up, but you're just yeah. like, you just don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm absolutely. I'm right there with you. In fact, we've done it today. We needed to pick some stuff up, but we're not going to do that. We we're going to live in the danger zone. <laughs> and do it all really last minute after we've yeah. got a bit stressed about it. That's just what we like to do. <laughs> it's, it's very risky. It's very risky. It you're, like you're you're really gambling here. But really I do this, I do it all the time though. Like I will go out with okay if I just did this these two things or if I just ran these three errands, then I wouldn't have to do it in two days or three days from now. And yet yeah. usually I just end up bottling it because I just, I just don't feel like it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. so, That's right, though. I think everybody does that. I, well, I like to think everybody does that because I, I so. certainly do. I hope everybody does it because it makes me feel really guilty sometimes. And then I'm mad at myself, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's not really a big deal. Um, things get done, don't they? They do. They do. So, yeah. Eventually. <laughs> Today is Mother's Day. Um, it is. I know that we, you know, we had talked a little bit earlier in the in the week, um, and and we were sending some voice notes back and forth because generally, I've been feeling a little bit uh, hesitant yes. about this Mother's Day, and I will say, like, at the end of the day, um, when we these kinds of days, they're, they're pretty trivial. There's like a group of, of days, in my opinion, including Valentine's Day, that just seems like so store-bought and commercial. And, you know, um, here's this one day, mothers, 
that you have yeah. Yeah. Um, to be celebrated. And it, and it puts a lot of pressure on, on one 24 hour period of time when, yeah. you know, generally we're all working our asses off 365 days a year. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The thing is over here, Mother's yeah. Day has actual proper tradition. Like Mothering Sunday was a day when all the girls that worked in the factories were given the day off and they would like bake cakes and get flowers and go and spend the day. Yeah, they were given the day off to spend with their mum and it was called Mothering Sunday. I love it. You guys over there have just gone, I see what you're doing. (laughs) I see what you're doing, England, and we like it. So we're going to take it, put it on a completely different day and make it commercial as fuck. That's what's happened. That's the North American way. (laughs) It is. Absolutely, if we can commercialize is. something, we're going to commercialize the if shit out of it. If you could change fucking Christmas to a different day of the year, you absolutely would just to have your own. <laughs> we're like, yeah. who cares about Christ? Uh, Jesus. Yeah, fuck the tradition and history. Doesn't matter. We're going to do it you know our what? way, thanks. We just changed it December 30th because we feel like it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, no, it's totally, I didn't, I did not know that. That is very interesting. And that seems a lot more like that just seems like there's something behind it that yeah, is yeah. not just like how we've turned it into, which is make sure you go and buy a bunch of shit and say happy mother's day and blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it isn't that tradition now. I mean, it is literally the supermarkets just explode (laughs) with flowers and anything that's pink and floral appears on the shelves. It's like, Oh, your mom really wants this for mother's day. no, no, she doesn't. No, no, actually. My I really don't want would, any pink flowers. No, my mum would be happy with absolutely. She'd probably still be happy if I'd made her a card. Yeah. Well, actually, I did this year. I made her a sweary one and she loved it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, if all I got for Mother's Day was a card that my son had made at school or at home. Right. I'd be really happy with that. I don't want the commercial shit. I just want no. a little bit of time to myself or with my boys and that's it. And I'm sure you're the same, you know, you don't need all that shit. But this whole day, like Valentine's Day, I don't give a fuck about Valentine's Day. But every Valentine's Day, I feel like shit if Darren doesn't buy me flowers. See, this is the thing, because we are both the type of people that absolutely don't give a shit because we're not materialistic. We don't buy into all of that stuff. We both have always been like that. It doesn't move me either way. I've been like that my whole life. I don't know if it's my upbringing. I don't know if it's just me personally or my views. I don't really know. But the problem about days like Valentine's or Mother's Day or Father's Day um, is that when you don't have a mother or a father, number Mm -hmm. one, when you don't have a spouse to celebrate it with you or to give you those things, there's, there's all kinds of little things here that, especially with social media, um, you know, it can make you feel quite bad. And and it's just a flex, isn't it? It's it just is. a flex. It's really just That's a flex. what it's turned into. It's a flex. Like, 
look at what it's like. You could be in the most horrible, miserable relationship in this whole world. Mm-hmm. And yet husband goes out to buy, you know, whatever for mother's day. And all of a sudden I'm flaunting it all over the place and saying, look how great he is. And then tomorrow you will go back to being the most miserable couple in the world. Yeah, <laughs> like I absolutely. Just, I can't get but, into this. I don't know what it is, but for some reason the day before Valentine's day and the day after Valentine's day, I'm fine. I don't care. But right. I don't know why it affects me. It actually really bums me out sometimes. And I don't know why. Right. Because I've never really, never been bothered. And Darren and I have, I think we've done Valentine's Day twice. (laughs) Once, just because we realised that we really liked buying each other shit after Christmas. And we were like, oh, yeah, let's do Valentine's Day this year. But we gave each other our gifts a week before. Right. And then one year, I think when I was studying and I'd been really stressed out, he bought me like some gorgeous flowers and a few like bits, token bits. And I loved it. Right. But it's not something that I'm used to doing. So I don't know why it makes me feel like it does. Do you know what I mean? But because like, like we just said, you, you don't need it. If you're in a happy relationship and whatever, do you need it? No, you don't. Yes. It's a nice gesture. Yes. But if you're in a good relationship, you feel appreciated generally often. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so you don't really, you don't need that. Um, with Mother's Day, you know, I think earlier on in the week, I was starting to feel a little bit down um, because this is my first Mother's Day without a partner in quite a while, essentially. And I was thinking like, oh, you know, there's nobody to 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 be there to say like, you know, thank you for looking after our child. Yeah. And I was feeling like a little bit just like anxiety around it, I think. But then I started to think back at all the shit mothers. (laughs) Well, this is it. This is the thing. Like it turned from that very quickly to. Oh yeah. But last mother's day, um, I actually cooked for my whole family. Like that's Mm. what I did on mother's day. And I, I like to cook and I'm a pretty decent cook, but why on mother's day was I cooking for my whole family? How fucked up is that? Like I love to feed like the way it's supposed to be to my family. Love you guys. I will always cook for you guys, but on mother's day, Day, cook for your fucking (laughs) self on mother's day. It really should, it should have been you guys cooking for me and our mom. But, you know, listen, I still love them. It's fine. Um, (laughs) I was thinking about, I was thinking about all of the, the mother's days and how, you know, even how some of them in my past have been really not great. Like Mm -hmm. there's been arguments or whatever. And I thought to myself, you know what? Like if I get peace on this mother's day, if I am able to like not have to go crazy doing something, if I can watch the football, cause I feel like watching the football, if I can work on something that I want to work, then I, that's, that is mother's day to me. It is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because 
because you're flying solo the majority of the time, what you actually need isn't a bunch of flowers. Correct. It's some time to yourself to just not have to think about anybody else. Exactly. Or whether they're hungry or thirsty or if they want to watch a movie or if they want to play a board game or have they got enough colours? Are their pencil crayons sharpened? Has he been to the toilet in the last half an hour? Oh, shit, I better send him. Just you don't have to think about that. And that is priceless, isn't it? Can I just say all of the things that you just said? I just want people to know that's actually how mom brain works. Yeah, that's literally it. Even now while I'm recording this, I'm thinking... I hope he's got a drink. Do you think he's hungry? He didn't really eat much for his lunch. Do you, do you know what I mean? That's what it is, everybody. So if you are thinking about having children or you are blessed enough to be pregnant, just be aware that this is your life now. The minute that thing comes out of you, whether it comes out of the sunroof or out the door, <laughs> that is what your life is going to be like. Happy fucking Mother's Day. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day indeed. So I know that you had a very special birthday in your household this week. And so I'd like to hear a little bit about that. Okay. So um, my littlest one um, turned two on Friday and obviously his first birthday last year was in the first lockdown in the UK so it was literally nobody in nobody out we all had to stay at home um any family that did come and drop presents had to drop it on the doorstep and go and stand at the end of the path at the end of the garden which was it was just so sad I spent as I said to you on on Friday I spent a lot of last year crying he didn't even have a proper birthday cake I honestly I was just Oh, it was awful. It was just it was horrendous. Awful, though. It was horrendous. It was. It was. There's no other and way so, about it. No. Um, and so this year, obviously, we're only allowed family in gardens this year. We, we're still in lockdown, but it was just nice to be able to go to the shop and buy him a birthday cake. I was able to go to the shop and buy things to make things to put on his cake or to decorate the front room. Um, we could actually go out and buy him presents. We could decorate the garden. I could get, you know, get family round in groups of six, no more than six. We were very sensible and we were outdoors. But he got to see what a birthday should be like. Right. And it was just, so, again, I spent most of the day crying, but it was for a completely <laughs> different reason. There's a theme going on here. I'm generally, again, to all perspective, mothers and fathers, <laughs> this is your life now. You will cry over everything, <laughs> um, especially if you're like me and just an absolute mess. <laughs> but yeah, I was very emotional for all of the right reasons this year. So it, it was it was just lovely. It was really good. Thank you. That's wonderful. I think, you know, birthdays are just one of the things that have been really difficult Mm. over this pandemic, just because even if you're not super into birthdays, um, if we just talk about kids, I mean, it's such a big deal when you're a kid um, to have a proper birthday. And I know last year, when my son turned five, um, you know, that was the first year where he 
had been to other kids' birthdays. Yeah. So instead of just having a family thing, he thought he's getting like a friend's birthday. Yeah. And um, he was like so excited and he was talking about like, can we go bowling? Can we Aww. like, where can we have, you know what I mean? And I had to break it to him early on that like, I'm really sorry, but you know, I will figure something out, which we did. We did a, a family thing. Um, luckily my younger brother has a pool. So we had like a pool day, which, yeah. is, which was really lovely. Um, but you know, it's coming up on his birthday again in July. And yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, it's probably going to be another birthday where he can't have other kids. Oh, that's such a shame. It is really such a shame. So he's never experienced for himself what, you know, um, that kind of birthday is like when you actually get to invite kids yeah. over or you invite them to somewhere and you're playing like, uh, like, like at a trampoline park or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's been so hard, but I'm, I'm happy at least that he, your son got to experience an actual birthday. Yeah. This city, <laughs> he had his first actual proper birthday and it, it was just so, it was so good. I just keep looking at all the photographs because obviously I was paparazzi <laughs> on Friday. Um, and I just keep looking at the photographs and even like he's delayed with um, speech and things because obviously he's been, his world has been so small so for small. so long. Um, he's regressed a little. Um, but even since Friday, the change in him because he's been able to have different experiences it's massive and it's just I just can't wait for him to have actual normal life <laughs> it's I just so really can't it's so, like it's so hard to understand that and I think there's probably other parents right right now with kids around the same age that are going through similar things yeah and a lot of us don't realize that no. because there's such an explosion in milestones between that like 12 to three or four year mark. Yeah. That without exposure to other people, experiences, sensory things, you know, you, you don't, you're like, you'd forget that actually it's those things that kind of help kids meet those milestones. Yeah. And so now that there's been like a whole hold on not being able to give kids those experiences, you know, it is really tough for parents to sit back and go like, well, but you know, he or she is not speaking yet or not making like the right sounds or is not, um, you know, expressing wants or needs for food, um, things like that, which again, like all come from the environment around you and the people that you're interacting with. And, and so it's, I'm, I know it's been a challenge for you and I'm sure it's been a challenge for so many people. And I just, absolutely. I mean, 
mean, I'm I'm pretty much perfect. I've never done anything wrong. <laughs> what about you, Mandy Mac? Bullshit. <laughs> I could go. I, we could spend three days doing this, and me just saying, um, you know, all of the the confessions. There's obviously some that are are just too much to be said. Mm. Yes. And I have to keep to myself for various reasons. Um, yeah. Don't, don't give anybody hand jobs on a dance floor in a club. Like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Bad things happen. Okay, guys. Bad things happen. Um, so I do have one. <laughs> I'm sorry. That really but... caught me by surprise. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to give the sorry, details. Sorry. I'm not going to give the details. Um, that's that's, no, that's an offline. That's an offline story. Um, it is. <laughs> so I do have one, and if my if my brothers particularly are listening, please don't tell this to mom and dad. I'd oh, really Jesus. prefer. I'd really prefer to keep this um, between us and all the people that are listening to this right now, but just oh, not to mom and dad. <laughs> Especially mom <laughs> and it's mother's day. So come on. Happy do, mother's do, do, day. Do, yeah. Do me a favor. Okay. So, um, about, about four years ago now I had, um, split up with my partner on a sort of like a temporary, um, split. And so I was by myself for a little bit with my son. Um, he was very little, I was living in a condo and the, I have a, a fairly large car. And so the condo parking garage was very small and very tight. And so I got this awful parking spot next to a full solid wall. So Every day when I parked the car, I had to back into the space Mm -hmm. because I literally couldn't swing the car to put it nose in. Um, I always had to have like the trunk or the boot at the back. So, okay. I'd had a lot of practice doing this over and over again. So most of the time it wasn't a problem. Um, But one morning I was late for work and I was frustrated and I had to drop my son off at, uh, at daycare. So I was all over the place. I remember being rattled, like something was bothering me and, and, um, I just like, wasn't all there. So I like try to get him in, into the car seat. I get in the, I, I turn the car on and I wasn't thinking, I was thinking about something else and I turn the car and it's just like. Oh my God. And right away I braked and I put the car in park. It literally was probably like three seconds of my life, but I just knew I'd really done something really bad. So I pull and my car at that point was only a year old. Like it was a brand new car. So I, I, I I back up and I, I try to shift so I could actually like not do it again. And I pull the car out and I get out and I'm like, Oh my God. I basically scraped from the passenger side door all the way to the back of the rear passenger wheel and it was like scraped and indented 
and not just like a little <gasps> scrape, like the whole door from the window to the top of the wheel well was scraped the whole way oh across. Oh my God. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't even have time to think about it. I dropped my son off. I get to work. I park it. I have uh, an older gentleman at work who's really good with cars. I have him come out. I said, I need you to look at my car. And he's like, what'd you do? And I'm like, Tony, I did, I did a really bad thing. (laughs) He comes out out and as soon as he sees it, he's like, Oh my God. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my God, your reaction just tells me how bad this is. And he's like, he's like, I'm not going to lie to you. He's like, this is, this is bad. And I'm like, okay. So I take my car to a local body shop that, um, is pretty good. And I know people that bring their cars there. So I'm hoping I'm going to get a deal. And the guy's basically like, listen, your car's brand new. I don't even have a door that I can go salvage from another vehicle of the same vehicle because your car is so new. He's like, I'd have to buy a new door. He's like, so you're looking at probably about $4,000. Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. And so, and anyways, long story short, I end up going through my insurance. Um, and I have to pay my deductible and I need a new door and I need them to uh, get another new part for my rear, um, wheel well. And then they have to do a bunch of painting and all of that to kind of make it all, um, nice again. So I got, I got a bill of, it was $4,500 to do the whole oh thing. Oh my gosh. And so I had to run it through my insurance because there was just no way I had that kind of money to, to put on my car. No, um, no. And so I paid my, I had to pay my thousand dollar deductible and um, I just didn't, I just didn't have the money. I was like, again, my, my son was like probably two at the time and I just like, I don't have a thousand bucks, but I can't leave the car like this. Cause I'm such an, there'd be people who probably could drive it around for a while. And like, they'd save the money, whatever. I was like, I can't leave the car like this. It looks so bad. Yeah. I just, I can't, if I have to look at it every day, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to ask one of my parents to loan me this money. Oh, but Jesus. if I ask them and <laughs> I'm like, I have to, but I can't tell them how I did it. No, because it just You'd have to lie and say that somebody totally did that to your car. Wouldn't you? You There's no way that you could confess that to them. That's exactly what I did. So I told my mother that somebody swiped me while I was at the grocery store getting groceries and doing the food shopping, I told her that somebody hit me while I was in the store. And even she was like, that's like, how could somebody just do that and take off? It's like, not like a little scratch. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I know like these awful people out there in the world, could you imagine doing something like that and not even leaving like a note or anything with their information to call them and blah, blah, blah. And so anyways, I, I concocted like this whole, and she, she probably felt very bad because again, it, it looked so bad. Mm. 
and, and, um, but she did, she did give me the money that, so I could pay the deductible and get the work done. Um, the unfortunate part of that was that obviously my insurance then went through the roof Yes. and for, for the next like two years, my insurance, I had to pay like an extra, it was almost like a hundred dollars a month extra, Oh my God. which, you know, adds up to like almost $1,200 a year. So for about two years, I had to pay that. Now it's gone back down again, um, because it was four years ago now, but, um, yes, my brothers have heard this story multiple times. So they don't really like, they've heard the fake story multiple times. <gasps> oh, so I, I'm now telling you, um, and putting it out there that, uh, yeah, that's what happened. And I, please don't tell mom. <laughs> oh, wow. I really hope that your um, siblings are not vindictive because if they are, that has gone right in their arsenal, hasn't it? It, it really has. Um, I think, I I think you, it, be... it would definitely go in mine. <laughs> <laughs> I would I be think... saving that baby for the right as soon, opportunity. As soon as my brother hears this, he's going to text me right away, yes. especially my older brother. And he is going to probably laugh and be like, I will never forget this. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we put out a call on social media and Reddit. Um, we both did a Reddit thread on different parts. Um, my experience with Reddit wasn't particularly positive this week. I encountered a few gatekeepers and I was not <laughs> happy. And so <laughs> I just gave up. I was like, you know what? Amanda is so much better at Reddit than me. I'm just going to leave it. Um, I know. I sure know how to read it. Let me tell you. You do. Um, I do. So yes, uh, while I was editing, you were redditing, and it worked <laughs> out perfectly. Exactly. The yin and the yang. Yes, correct. Um, I am a Libra. I am all about the balance. <laughs> so we we got some, and um, you say some of them are quite serious didn't you you said some are quite serious and questionable morally <laughs> yeah the first, the first one that we have we have for you um is is a little bit of a serious one um so I don't know if like you wanted to start or if you want me to start no I'm happy for you to go ahead with this okay. one so basically this one will entitle um made up a medical emergency to my employer um, and my family and my family <laughs> to get yes. ahead in life. So mm -hmm. <laughs> this, this person starts out by saying, it's been a year since I moved across the country, leaving behind a life built upon deceit. So right Which away, is the way all good stories start, let's right away, you know, <laughs> holy shit, what's about to come is going to be some real stuff. Yes. So he says, I think about this every week, sometimes every day, and the guilt has been eating at me. So hopefully 
by telling this and getting it out. He's like, it may be entertaining, but also, um, you know, it, it might help me. It might help him a little bit actually get that guilt off of his um, chest. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure whether it will, but OK, let's go for it. Let's humor him. Let's go. So Yeah, let's humor him. So he basically said that in the fall of 2019, he was starting a new position in city government. Uh, this was a city in the U.S. and it was some sort of like financial or analytical role. So he took the job and, um, you know, an internal it was an internal promotion from his last job. And it was a very competitive process uh, with lots of candidates. So he got the job. He thinks he maybe had some unfair advantages because he was internal Um but he said that, you know, in every job, they want you to make a commitment. And so he made a verbal commitment of staying at least for two years. I don't think employers should do that. But like, no. like even in my current job, I kind of said to my bosses verbally, I will stay for a little while because we had too much turnover. So I was yeah. like, I will make a commitment. I'm not going to just stay for a year and then bounce. I'm going to. I'm going to do something here that's going to be more long-term. So I kind of got it. So he said, he told them he would stay for two years, but in his mind, he knew that he was going to be moving away with his family in less than that time. So he, he had already had another plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he said that he needed the job because it gave him the credentials um, that made his job search to wherever he would be moving to much yeah. easier. Okay. And I, I mean, people do this. I don't really think it's that deceitful in my opinion. No, I don't. I um, don't. Because I think you have to do what you have to do to get ahead. That's just how the world works. Of course you do. Yeah. It's real so, life. I wouldn't feel that guilty about it, but he, I think he, again, some people feel very strong about the commitments that they make. So I get it. Yeah. And um, I mean, this is, that's not yeah. the bit he's actually confessing to, is it? Let's get to the good bit. <laughs> so he says three months after accepting the position, um, he gets a little impatient and he begins looking for jobs earlier than expected. Um, and he's crafting resumes in the interest area that he wants to go in, in a new city, mm-hmm. um, this new city. Um, so he applies to some, he starts getting responses and all while this is going on, the pandemic is starting. Yes. So it's looming, isn't it? It's looming. It's just around the corner. Cause this is about February. So he ends up getting an interview in this new place that he's going to and, um, in a field that he really wants to be in. And so he's going through the interview process and then fast forward to mid-March, um, he's in his third round of interviews and everything is going great. And he gets an offer on March the 19th, which is basically the week that the pandemic was official and started. Yeah, I think that's like three days before our lockdown started last year. Seriously. Very so close. He gets an offer. And so he, in a panic, accepts the position the next day because he doesn't know if they're going to retract it because yeah, the pandemic yeah. has started. Yeah. And so he, so he accepts it and he's like, they're like, when are you going to start? 
And he said, you know, can I delay the start? There's a, there's something starting here with the pandemic. At that point, nobody was probably sure what was going to go on. So he's like, but I kind of think something's bad. So can I just, can you give me a little bit of time? And they're like, yeah, sure. So he accepts the offer, all the paperwork goes because he's just afraid that they'll, the, they'll take it back. So he did all of this without consulting anybody in his family (laughs) nor his obviously nor his employer so he said he hadn't even dropped a hint at work he said he'd been telling his wife um that it was his intention to move to this new place and start sort of a new um field of work um but not he didn't, he wasn't keeping her up to date. Like this is, I'm all in on this. So basically he realizes that now he's got to go, he's got to quit his job after he basically said that he'll give them two years and he's got to tell his wife that they're moving and he's accepting this new job and they don't have much time. So he said that (laughs) he used the next two weeks to, fake a family medical emergency. So basically while he's at work, he makes a fake phone call near his coworkers that basically sounded like his wife had called him. She's panicking. This is all fake. She's saying that her dad had a heart attack and that he had to fly out of town to go see her father. And then he faked more phone calls with updates from the hospital. So she was calling him from the hospital and updating him on the situation. And then he's updating his colleagues on his father-in-law's status um, so that, you know, it's all, it's all kind of working together. He's keeping them in suspense. He's wearing his sad face. He's wearing his stressed out face. So he's, he's concocting this whole thing. So, um, I guess his wife was a teacher, her school shuts down because of COVID everything starts to shut down. He doesn't end up going back to work. So he's working now from home and he basically tells his workplace, you know, my father-in-law is recovering, but he's on very heavy medication. Um, and about a week later, he tells his boss that his wife wants to move to help out, uh, her parents oh now that her father is sick and oh gosh yeah so he he basically says like i'm really sorry but i have to leave this job because i've got to go move um with my wife um and 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 we have to take care of her parents but it's kind of sad also because he's got to um lie to his wife about like she, she had no idea any nope. of this was going on nope, not at all and so <laughs> oh, so yeah basically um i mean he said that they do he he did accept that job he is working in that job now he says he realizes like this whole thing was super sloppy but it seemed to work 
And his wife doesn't know that he made up all of those excuses, those medical stories to his colleagues. Um, And he thinks that eventually she will hear about it from someone or another. And, um, you know, it will all come sort of crashing down. But I'm sure she wasn't too pleased with him also about um, not telling her about her, like his job switch and everything like that. So, oh, Jesus. (laughs) I so just, you gotta do what you gotta do. I I I totally get it. You gotta do what you gotta do. I've done a few things like this myself. Um, maybe not to this extent. Um, but yeah, it's impressive. It is impressive, I mean, actually. To, that's such commitment, isn't it? That's it's real. Totally commitment. I mean, he didn't like, you commit really to the wanted that job. other job. <laughs> yeah. Is wow. That's yeah. I mean. I don't know what I would do if if Darren turned to me and said, oh, do you remember when I said that we had to move here because of X, Y and Z? Well, actually, we didn't. I actually did this and I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I actually planned the whole thing. Oh, and I told them that your dad was really, really ill. <laughs> Okay, so (laughs) my confession is that I haven't read through these. So I'd literally read through the one that you just read and the very last one, but I haven't read through these. So I may have, I I don't know how funny they are. I don't know how how much laughter I'm going to do. So I'm going to try and get it out. Okay. Okay, get it out, get it out. So I was at the gym yesterday afternoon and I came back to the parking lot to get my car. For the British Among Us, that's a car park. Um, (laughs) As I was reversing, there was a Civic position behind me near my blind spot part, right on my blind spot. Wonderful writing. I wish I'd proofread these. Yeah, not everybody can write very well, unfortunately. Now, I know I should have been looking and I'm in the wrong, but there were no cars at all. And he was the only one in that parking row. Anyways, I was busy checking left or right for incoming traffic and mustn't have turned enough because my car came to a complete stop and I knew that I hit a car. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) I immediately parked the car back in the spot I'd got out of and assessed the damage. Um, The damage was extremely mild. He'd only rubbed some paint on my car and I received the most damage. I waited five minutes before anxiously driving home to get paper and pen, which was stupid of me. And I came back to find he'd already left. Now I'm actually worried he might find the spot a couple of days later and somehow trace it back to me as the gym has cameras near the entrance pointed at the parking lot. Unfortunately, I was in the heat of the moment and didn't take any pictures of his car. Do you think he'll pursue me with the degree of damage I've done to his and my pick? I think, like, I get the feeling this is probably written by somebody very young. Um, yes. Because, listen, we've all been there. We, if you drive a car regularly, you have hit or scratched somebody else's car 
completely accidentally multiple times. Like you, and it could be like the smallest thing, like you open your door and you don't realize how close you are to yeah. the vehicle next to you. Yeah, and you, absolutely. You don't hit it with force, but it's enough. Listen, they don't make cars like they used to. The paint comes off extremely easily and they scratch yeah. very easily. So this poor guy though, he's so worried that, you know, they're going to find, he's going to find out because some people will do that. They're going to go back to the of course. And, and, and I, ask for the camera I, stuff. If it was an Audi, or a BMW or a Mercedes, that person would have marched right in there, right? That oh, second. Oh, 100%. 100%. But a Civic, you know, you. <laughs> I think you'll be all right with a Civic driver. But I just want to question <laughs> one part of that story. Yes. Why did you go home for a pen and paper? Yes, yeah, like Why that's... didn't you just walk back into the gym <laughs> and say, hey, can I have a pen and paper? I've just hit someone's car. They probably I, I would think have been like, to... that's very commendable. Yes, here's the pen and paper. I don't know why he went home. He probably was escaping the scene because he felt super bad. Actually, it could yeah. be she, don't know. They I was felt just super thinking bad. that. I was just thinking, we're assuming this is a he, but you know what? The more I think back over this story, I think this is a woman. She started flapping. She, she has <laughs> panicked. That's her woman. She's probably like, she's sweating. She's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? A, a guy probably wouldn't have thought twice about it. Would have been like, eh, shrugged his shoulders, went home. Yeah. She probably is overanalyzing every little bit of this and thinking absolutely something is going to really, like really bad is going to happen to me. But here's the deal. Honestly, if it's, if it's mild, so mild in the damage, they're not going to notice it for forever anyways. And yeah, I mean, it would be- car- his or her car was the most damaged anyway. So, I well, mean, this is a thing. And just also, patch that damage up before you go back to the gym and you're fine. <laughs> the thing is, is that like I've got scratches on my car. I, I have no idea where I uh, where I got them from. No. Like you notice it like sometimes months afterwards um, when you're doing like a good cleaning and you're like, oh, that wasn't there before the fuck am I going to do about it? There's nothing yeah. I can do about it. So exactly. honestly, don't, don't worry about it. And if you're really that worried, I mean, to be fair, you, your first mistake was going to the gym. <laughs> Wasn't it? Just don't go to the gym. Just put on some sweatpants <laughs> and a hoodie, get some chocolate or ice cream or your treat of choice and watch some Gilmore Girls instead. That's what you would do. That's that actually is just my, sounds like your preferred. Uh, it is. It is my entire pregnancy. My entire second pregnancy. That was it. Cleaning and Gilmore Girls. That's it. Wow. going to call this doctored report card so for all you all you teachers and parents out there um this one's for you so uh, (laughs) this this uh anonymous person says that they did this back in high school so it's been over a decade 
and they have not told their parents, obviously, again, uh-huh. why would you do that? So he said that he was in a situation where they would have to pay more for car insurance unless that he got the good student discount. So I'm, this is an American thing. I don't even think that this is in Canada, but basically you can submit your grades to the insurance company and they'll give you a little bit of money off of your car insurance. That's Um, absolute (laughs) bullshit with so much to unpack. Only in America. I swear to God, just move on before I start ranting. Seriously. (laughs) basically obviously he wasn't doing that well in school that year so he lied and he photoshopped his report card and he even made fake emails between his mom and the school i'm assuming that he got there was some sort of like trouble that he potentially could could get in so the school probably maybe called or like emailed and then he anyways he said it was really bad and it was really deep and he got in a lot of trouble he said but in the sense it still worked but he was scared for a number of months every time she got an email or phone call he just assumed that it was about the photoshop oh report god card. imagine living in that fear oh my god <laughs> goodness me oh when you're when you're like 15 or 16 report cards like on on the on the things on the scale of what you care about in your life and what's important to you and what has an effect on your life report cards are kind of high up there yes so obviously I always heard of people doctoring their report cards through school Um, this was like back in the days when we didn't have those kinds of fancy programs. So like every, every teen high school movie has like somebody breaking into the principal's office and then somehow getting onto their computer and changing the grades. Yes. One tree hill. Now I just have like Adobe Acrobat pro and I could edit any single document (laughs) that is given to me. And have you got something uh, else you'd like to confess, Amanda? (laughs) I don't want to go down that road because I'm going to get in all kinds of trouble, uh, legally and professionally. So I rest my case. Um, Let's move move on from that one. But I mean, you know, listen, um, yeah, you made up your marks. You wanted to get that student discount probably because your parents were like, I ain't paying for your car insurance if it gets too high. And then you're like, man, if, if my parents don't pay for my car insurance, then I can't drive. Then I can't go see my friends and have a good old time. So I get how all of these things are connected together. But luckily, this is 10 over 10 years ago. I'm sure you're fine now. I'm sure yes. you've moved on. Yeah, let's let's not worry about that now. What, no. What's done is done. You learn to drive and you're <laughs> fine. school there was a kid who was an absolute shithead <laughs> Thank, best first line best Correct. first line 
Um, she would make stuff up because nobody wanted to play with her. But the reason nobody wanted to play with her because she lied about us all. Um, one day she made up some lie. Um, her mom approaches my friend and I after school and absolutely obliterates us. She shoved us backwards, stood over us, screaming at us, etc. Oh my God, this woman's a psycho. Um, we had no idea what the hell she was talking about. So obviously it was another one of her daughter's lies to get us into trouble. Teachers eventually rush over and intervene. Our parents arrive and it's a screaming match shit fest. And that is a direct <laughs> can say, quote. Can I just say, you know, this was written by one of your fellow countrymen. You just know, I already know. I felt right exactly the, the bat, same thing. Right off the bat, I already know. Because of how it's written, I know somebody British wrote this. End of. End of yeah. story. Okay, um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think she must have been banned from entering the school property as I never saw her there again, but I would always see her a block up. Ah, no, it's not. It's not an English person part a block up. We don't say that, do we? What would you say? I'd say like on the next street or a bit Mm. further up. Mm. Um, Okay, go on. Let's see. Okay, so they'd see her a bit further up from the school when they'd be driving home. The daughter never bothered us again. She found new victims, I will assume. Now comes the confession. Maybe four years pass and Devil Girl goes to the same high school. We're 14. We aren't in each other's classes. But one day after school, I see a mum and she's waiting and she looked me dead in the eye and mouthed the word bitch. This mom is has seriously got issues. I mean, fucking hell, she's worse than me. Um, that afternoon after school, a few of my friends are over. One of them is the other girl the lady shoved years before, and we're doing homework. My younger brother and his mate. Oh, see, they're not English. Ah, I take it back. Our prank calling people. So we join in and do a few. Eventually, I have a light bulb moment to prank Devil Girl's house. Yes. At the time, I had this newsreader character I would do and easily could pass for over 30 with that voice. I mean, what are you trying to say about that? <laughs> what, what are you trying yeah, to say like, about over 30? Like, over 30, like, what, do our voices change somehow? Well, I'm just reading your confession and I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> the plan is to prank Devil Girl, but all I could think about was her mom calling me a bitch. So I asked to speak to her mother. Ooh. I introduced myself and tell her I'm calling from American Erotica XXX Net. It was like 2001, so that's <laughs> believable. Yeah, that's it. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Regarding her $3,000 overdue account, I say nothing else, just this. She absolutely loses her shit and starts <laughs> screaming. And Devil Girl's younger brother, who, by the way, is a really nice, decent kid. (laughs) I start panicking, not wanting to get him in trouble. And so I start reciting her daughter's email address. For the first time ever, this woman is silent. So obviously her angel child is not an angel. She's been watching porn. (laughs) All I can hear is her breathing. Then, as expected, she starts screaming again, calling her daughter's name. But she seriously, she could have parted the Red Sea with her screams. <laughs> She's absolutely berating her daughter. So I pull the, you can't swear at us, ma'am. I will hang up and go to a collection agency. <laughs> she curses at me. And so I hung up. 
instead of leaving it there, though, Amanda, <laughs> they found it so funny. A week later, I call in an oh, American accent pretending to be the collection agency. <laughs> <laughs> she screams again, but shoves her daughter on the phone, screaming at her to fix it. Obviously, we freak the fuck out. My friend hangs up the phone before I even have a chance to reply. At school, we found out she was grounded for three months and didn't attend school excursions. Oh, my God. That's my confession. I feel a little bit bad. But then I remember how her mom treated us as little kids and mostly just something that happened 20 years ago. (laughs) I swear to God. The thing is, is that like, here's the deal. Everybody on this planet has made a prank phone call at least once in their childhood years because that's just part of growing up, right? Yeah. However, you prank called somebody's mother and then you had a follow-up call to keep the story going. Yeah. That's commitment. That is serious, (laughs) serious commitment. Like, I just... I just don't even know. I mean, you can tell that that's 2001 before the internet was really good. Oh, totally. I, You know what the sad thing is, is that I, I would assume that people don't, kids really don't do prank calls anymore because first of all, most people don't have a house phone. So you, you're not going to get somebody's mom on the line. No. Um, but also because like the internet has made these little tiny funny things that were really kind of like very prankish and um you know lighthearted it's now gotten to the point where like now people have taken that and like they're doxing people where people are actually at risk and getting hurt because their personal information is being put online and yes yes people call the cops to their house and say like you know you need to go to this house here's the address i've heard they're making some they have like an arsenal of weapons and all of a sudden a bunch of cops show up there with high powered rifles and they're storming people's houses. It's like, we've, we've moved from like, Hey, did you order this pizza? To like- I was just going to say, right. <laughs> but Papa John's Domino's and pizza hut, right. All of you fuckers delivering pizza, right. The joy we would get out of ordering a random pizza for a neighbor <laughs> Right. And you attempting to deliver it, the joy on the delivery person, because, you know, they could probably have that pizza. (laughs) Right. We can't fucking do that now because you want our phone number, our date of birth, our address, our mother's maiden name. When we last did a shit, you want everything and you have fucking ruined it for everybody. Haven't they, Amanda? you you have ruined it for everybody. Number yeah. one, I have to create an online account and give you all my personal information. Number two, yeah. and number three, why do British people love fucking Domino's so much? I need to know this. <laughs> I need to know this because you guys have the most Domino's commercials I've ever seen in my whole life, and. Let's just have a Domino's. You've actually turned it into a phrase. You don't even just say, let's have a pizza. Let's have a Domino's. What the fuck is with that? Because I'll tell you here, Domino's pizza is not good. 
like as a chain of pizzas, including Papa John's, not good because we have so many small pizza places that are just one-offs owned by one family or whatever, that that's where you go for your pizza. You don't want to go to a chain, but every time I'm watching British television and I see the, the, the Domino's commercials, my brother and I, we always have a laugh because you guys love you some Domino's. And I will tell you why. (laughs) Please do. Because I've been dying to know this for like a year. So please tell me. Please. Okay. All right. So um, Domino's is one of those things like Pizza Hut. It's a chain, as you just said. And with a chain comes a certain amount of reliability. All right. Next time you come over here, I will take you on a tour of takeaways in my area. And I will give you... 50 pounds if you are willing to eat anything that comes out of them <laughs> really is it that bad really really is it that some, bad? some of them are okay, okay but the majority are awful one for example um was located next to a pub locally that we used to go to and okay. i would stand in the beer garden and smoke and you could see in the windows of this takeaway and you could see the rats running around on the floor. Oh, that's awful. And that, my love, is why British people love them some dominoes because you <laughs> cannot rely on small takeaways. I personally, I have moved away from dominoes and I am now a Papa John's lover. Interesting. You're on team Papa John. Mm, I am. I'm a sucker for the dip from dominoes, though. <laughs> I do love it. But luckily, a budget supermarket here now sells it and it is... <laughs> Perfecto. And it's bigger. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm all about Pap John's now. I have heard. Who was it? Who was it who was talking about our obsession with pizza? I know who it was. It was um, Judge, who is one of the hosts of Shadadigan's podcast. Okay. Um, just before Christmas, they did an episode and he was talking about how shit food is here because he lived here for a while. He was talking about how shit the food is. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure he mentioned the fact that we love Domino's and Domino's is actually really shit pizza. <laughs> Got to say. <laughs> God, I'm very it's, passionate about pizza. I just realised. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've talked for about a minute about pizza. <laughs> Would you like to? Uh... Yes, I will go next. I have a very. Yes. This is this is very bad, but it's funny. But it's still bad. Okay. But it will make you laugh. So we've entitled this one. I lied to a blind neighbor and told him I moved away. Oh shit! I had this <laughs> on. <laughs> this person states. Many years ago, I was standing on one of my balconies when a taxi driver was obnoxiously blowing his horn out front and yelling for a blind man to walk towards his voice. Right away, you get this picture. You're out on the balcony of your apartment and you see a a, a poor blind gentleman 
is needing a taxi and the taxi's pulled up, but of course he can't see the taxi. The taxi driver is walk towards my voice. Like, like this is like a sitcom waiting to happen. Oh God. Yeah, it is. It sounds like an Adam Sandler <laughs> film, doesn't it? But of course the, the direction that he wants the blind gentleman to come is towards the traffic. Yeah. So this guy oh, is seeing this from his apartment balcony. He goes down with his roommate to help the gentleman get him into the taxi. And he scolded the driver for being so rude. Good for um, him. So good on you. So he says he made the mistake though of giving his blind neighbor his phone number so that in the future he could give him a ride because he's oh, probably just Jesus. like, listen, when you need to just go about, just give me a call. If you need to be driven to the doctors or whatever, I'll do it for you. Very nice gesture, but unfortunately not a good result because then the phone calls come oh, and they Jesus. never stop. Oh God. So, <laughs> well, he said when he did give him rides, he would ask for various detours and probably because he wanted to keep him in the car and he wanted to keep him talking. I'm assuming this man was probably a little lonely. So he said that, you know, being very calculated by nature, if he had told him beforehand where he wanted to go, it was, it would be fine, but no, he, they'd be driving along and he'd throw in two or three extra places on each ride that he suddenly needed to go. So it came to the point where like he wanted rides every day. Oh God. And also he would call him to remind him to give him a ride. Oh no. It just never stopped. So finally this gentleman says, I, I, I had enough. Um, he, he also says that he gauged how blind he was. So his, so, cause he wanted, he, he, he was going after something here. So I think he was like trying to do some tests and he's like, you know, how blind really are you? And he said, I am blind as a bat. I can't see anything. So he says a week or two after that, he told this blind neighbor of his that he had a job interview in the next city and then a week after that he told him he got the job and was moving away and then he after he moved away he it was strange as hell because he would walk by him all the time in silence as he stood on the sidewalk because obviously he'd not moved away he was still living there he didn't get a new job he just wanted the guy to stop calling him for rides but the guy was still living there so he would see him all the time so he would just walk by him like he wasn't there because obviously he couldn't see him. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That's gosh. probably some of the funniest shit I've ever Oh god. <laughs> right. I, d- I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> Honestly, I don't because I okay, I think it's really lovely that he offered his phone number. I'm just like, yeah, I'll take you here, there, wherever you need to go, blah, blah, blah. That's really right. lovely. Right. But no good deed comes unpunished, does it? <laughs> Apparently not. And so I I kind of understand why he did that. He had to, but the best he part did. was, you know, most of us in those situations, we, we can't wiggle out of them so easily because yeah. people can see you. And read things. And so (laughs) he literally was able to get out of this. I don't know why he didn't think of it sooner. He was literally (laughs) able to get out of this because this poor gentleman, um, you know, has a disability. 
But then, see, but then I feel really sorry for the guy who is blind because he obviously just wanted a companion Absolutely. and all the rest of it. But then the guy who offered the number should be able to just say, look, I'm available on this day, this day, and this day. If exactly. you need a ride on any of these days, I am exactly. free. Otherwise not. Why can't we as people say, why isn't it accessible say no. to say no? Yeah. Or Why? don't pick up the phone. Just don't pick up the phone. Yeah. But may- maybe he was one of those types of people that just wasn't going to get the message no matter how many times he yeah. you know, didn't respond Possibly to his phone number. They, right? so they do, who knows? They do walk among us, don't they? They do. But I would have like, here's the number to your local community center. Yeah. You reach out to them. These are, you know, other people yeah. you can speak with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have one. Um, I'm going to need you to define this word. I've never heard it before. What does adjuncting mean? Oh, okay. So uh, an adjunct is a level of teaching at a university or college here, not college in the UK, but college here, which is similar to university, but usually more technical, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when you're an adjunct, you're not a full professor. You haven't reached professor status yet, and you don't have the same benefits, um, of being a professor. And right now, like the way that things go here, most of our professors are adjuncts because they get paid less and they okay. have less like long-term professional standing where like tenured professors, once yeah. you have a certain amount of number, like years in, yes. basically like nothing wrong can happen to you. Nothing bad can happen to you. Um, and they get paid very, very well here. So now they do adjuncts because they have to pay them less. Right. Fabulous. Okay. So I'd been stuck adjuncting for five years and finally had the chance at a full-time gig with benefits at a private religious college. And I am not religious. (laughs) I tried to tell the line, but when the interviewer point blank asked me if I was one of the college's particular religion, a question flashed through my brain. Well, are you going to one of your principals that burn out as an adjunct or are you going to get this job and be a liar, a climber? Who are you? I chose to lie. Obviously. I'm leaving the job in a month, actually. I don't strictly regret it, but it's been very stressful pretending to be someone I'm not. And even worse was learning that these religious people think of people like me and gay people and black people. I could go on. Ah, okay. So it's like a super... This is definitely in the religious. US. Yeah, it There's is. There's no way um, about this. <laughs> no two ways about this one, no. No two ways about it. Um, I worry that it might go out to the school that I'm not religious, but I suppose I care more about being myself than what they'd say. Pro tip, a career field that asks you to compromise aspects of yourself <laughs> to get a job there is not worth it. It ain't. It ain't no, worth it. Ain't. it. Um, no. I mean, especially when it's this extreme, but anything in life that whether it's a job, a relationship or whatever, anything that is going to force you into compromising your like your basic value system is not going to work for you. It'll stress you out. You can't pretend to be somebody you're not. 
ran over my grandmother's 19-year-old deaf and blind chihuahua. Oh my god. <laughs> he didn't die. But she was in her late 80s and I was very afraid to tell her the truth. So I told her that he had a stroke and I would take him to the vet to see what they could do. Oh god. They put him down. I oh, guess his injuries were just too much. Oh god. <laughs> Chihuahuas are literally like anywhere between one and three pounds. So yeah, if you tiny. do, any, if you ran over it with a bicycle tire, it's gonna die. If you um, run over it with a toy car, it's going to break multiple bones, <laughs> isn't it? If you accidentally step on it, you've killed it. This is why I don't believe in dogs that small because I definitely would step on it completely accidentally. My oh dog that I have right now is a, he's a big boy. If I actually <laughs> step on his foot, it somehow hurts me, not yeah. him. <laughs> but if you have a okay, chihuahua, no. it's definitely the other way around. Well, I just, you know, what can I say? Um, I'd like everybody to, uh, I, I, th- I thank you. Yes. For visiting the Mac to Mac confessional booth. It's been it's been a fun time, hasn't it? It has. And we very much hope we get to judge you again soon. We we certainly do. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Come and say hello over on our Instagram page at Mac to Mac Podcast. Our music was kindly donated to us by Cameron Bagnall. Cameron can be found on Facebook as Candy's Band Moretti. They can also be found on Instagram at Moretti Band. All music was produced at Moorcross Studios and their website is moorcrossstudios.co.uk.